Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Future Brew right here on mazeandbrew.com. My name is Vaughn Lozon, and I finally have my co-host back with me. It's been a, uh, a couple long, dreadful weeks without him, but I'm very happy to have Seth Barry back on the podcast this week. Back to regular programming. Seth, how you doing, brother? Vaughn, I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, it's good to, we were just talking about um, before the air, how how long it seems like it's been with, with kind of the whirlwind it's been the last few weeks, but it's good to be back. It's good to have Michigan football back in terms of the games being played and, and we can tie the, you know, you know some of the recruiting talk in uh, with the game. So a lot going on and it, it's exciting and it's a fun time of year here. So good to have football back, man. I had a lot of it this past weekend. I had my fantasy football draft, obviously college football Saturday, gearing up for Thursday night football for the NFL this Thursday and all of the football to come this weekend. So there's plenty to go around as far as football is concerned. And it, it is so good uh, to have it all back. And uh, I look forward to this every year and uh, the off season's finally over. But the one thing that uh, recruiting, going back to this, there's no real off season for recruiting. It has been a little bit slower over the last several weeks to month, probably since the beginning of fall camp. Uh, the barbecue at the big house was really like the last big thing for Michigan, but they're having some visitors come in now. And um, with all the home games to start off the season in the non-conference and then Maryland, uh, there, there's going to be plenty of recruits coming to the big house, watching Michigan. Uh, take on their opponent and uh, an opportunity to 
uh, extend or I guess grow interest with these recruits from the coaching staff and the program. So uh, we're just going to talk about a couple guys today who visited over the weekend for the Colorado State game. There's going to be a contingency of, of pretty good players from the 23 and 24 class visiting for the Hawaii game, but we're not going to talk about that today. We are going to let uh, recruiting writer John Simmons from Mason Brew uh, write up the entire visitors list so it's completely up to date and accurate by the time it gets published on Friday afternoon. So be on the lookout for that on MasonBrew.com. But for now, I just wanted to hit on a couple in-state guys who visited this past weekend uh, and got to see that a demolition at the big house because it was just uh, from start to finish, not really much of a competition. But I, I think the big recruit that uh, came into Ann Arbor this past weekend is 2024 four-star athlete Jacob Odin. He's from Harper Woods. He's been a longtime target for Michigan. On the composite, he is ranked number 125. Uh, he is the 17th ranked athlete and the number five recruit in the state of Michigan. Uh, of course, this is all in the composite. Uh, things are different on 24-7's personal rankings. He's a little bit lower in the overall on there. But a, a very impressive prospect nonetheless. Uh, he is uh, being recruited by Clink Scale, so you would imagine he's probably being recruited at the cornerback position. He was offered by Michigan in June of 2021. Uh, besides this past weekend, he most recently visited for the barbecue at the Big House uh, for that last weekend in July. Uh, but he has visited Michigan State on a handful of occasions as well. So the Spartans are definitely the biggest competition here. There is a crystal ball, uh, three actually, three crystal balls in uh, for the Michigan State Spartans. But I would take those with a grain of salt. I don't think he is a uh, Michigan State lock by any means. Uh, he is a Michigan legacy as well. So that plays a role uh, or could play a role in where he ends up going to college. But uh, an impressive prospect, nonetheless, Seth, uh, number five player in the state of Michigan. Obviously, you want to keep the top players in the state of Michigan uh, within the state to go to U of M. Obviously, you don't want them to go to a rival school. Uh, but Michigan State's done well on the recruiting trail uh, since Mel Tucker has arrived. They've already got one uh, top 100 player in the 24 class within the state of Michigan committed to them. And that's a uh, four-star wide receiver, Nick Marsh from River Rouge. So, uh, hopefully Michigan is able to turn the tide here in this recruitment. And I think this is a good start for Michigan getting Jacob Odin on campus so soon for the first game of the season, Seth. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely big to to get him on campus, um, you know, for the first weekend to see that, to see the drubbing of Colorado State there. I, I think there's a couple interesting dynamics with, with Odin's recruitment. The first obviously being Michigan State and, you know, them being heavily involved. Like you said, Chris balls this early. I don't know if I would I would read too much into him and, and take him with a with a grain of salt a little bit, like you said. But uh just just the in state battle there and and Michigan um, you know, hopefully being able to to win out against Mel Tucker and the Spartans and then um, you know, his father being so tied in, you know, his coach at Harper Woods, he's, he's been coaching, I believe, uh, high school football for 20 years. So he's, he's had his hand in developing, you know, uh, several, uh, several guys, including Brandon Graham, who's a, who's a former Michigan standout and, you know, Super Bowl champion and Desmond King from Iowa. Um, he's had a hand in, in developing a lot of players over the years. He's a Michigan alum. I know Sam Webb, uh, he had a report several months back saying, 
that you know his his ties to Michigan wouldn't wouldn't have any impact on on his son, but um, it certainly doesn't hurt when you when you do have those ties and you know when it comes down to it, uh, you have the history there, um, you know of him him being a Wolverine. So so I don't think that hurts Michigan's cause in that regard. But yeah, it it, it was good to get him on campus for sure, um, and, and certainly a player that Michigan will will keep tabs on and, and keep pushing hard for, but an encouraging sign to get, get him on campus and, and probably, you know, I would imagine several more visits to come in, in his future. Yeah, I would anticipate that too. Obviously Michigan state, like I said, is the main competition here for Michigan. He's been in East Lansing uh, probably just as much, if not maybe even slightly more than he's been in Ann Arbor as far as visits go. But at 6'1", 188, he's definitely going to be a cornerback at the next level. He can kind of play all over the secondary. He's also a, a very skilled player on the offensive side of the ball. But I, I think this is just, like you said, one of many visits to come for Jacob Oden for this season. I think he'll be back uh, at least one more time, if not more. And the, the opportunities are plentiful for him because – uh, you got the two non-conference games still left to play at home, and then Maryland is the first conference game, and you get the Terrapins at home as well. Plenty of other good games to catch in Ann Arbor this year, too, with Penn State coming into town, obviously Michigan State. I would anticipate he probably visit for that game if there's only one other game for him to visit uh, this season uh, for Michigan. That would probably be the one. But, yeah, a, a very encouraging start to this uh, season as far as getting recruits to visit. I, I think he is one of the more important ones in this 24 class because they're not really making defensive back a major priority in the 23 class after getting Will Johnson, Cody Jones, Miles Pollard, um, so many other guys uh, in the class before in 2022. And so I think they're going to really try and hit the ground running at defensive back in this 24 class, which kind of transitions to uh, the next prospect in the 24 class that we will discuss who is uh, uh, on campus this past weekend for the Colorado State game. His name is Jalen Todd, uh, quite different from Odin uh, in uh, stature. He's six foot 165, so definitely more slender. Uh, he's from Southfield and goes to Southfield High School. And then this is another different uh, aspect of Jalen Todd's recruitment. He definitely does not have the recruiting pedigree or the offers that Odin has. Michigan is certainly the one that stands out here, but uh, he does have other offers from Louisville and Boston College. And then after that, it kind of uh, tapers off a little bit. But yeah, six foot 165, he'll definitely have to uh, work on uh, his frame, uh, get into the weight room before he sees the field uh, at the next level, wherever he ends up playing at. But uh, the good news here for this recruitment, Steve Klinkscale is the one that offered he offered him on August 16th of this year, and uh, he was a barbecue at the Big House Visitor, much like Odin was. Uh, Jalen Todd also grew up a U of M fan. He uh, had an interview with Alan Treu over at 24-7 after the offer came in from Michigan, and you could just, <laughs> reading the quotes uh, that he gave Alan Treu, it was just, it, excitement was uh, coming out of my computer screen. You could just tell. Uh, how genuinely ecstatic he was to get that Michigan offer, having grown up a Michigan fan. So again, to get him back in Ann Arbor, in my opinion, is pretty telling. I, like I said, Michigan is, is certainly uh, clear cut the the top program that has offered him 
up to this point. Louisville is a good offer. Boston College, they've had some good uh, defensive backs as well, but there's no denying that Michigan is that top offer. So offering a kid that is a fan and then getting him uh, to come to your first game of the season and check out everything that Michigan has going on. Um, I, I think it, it is probably safe to say, Seth, that Michigan more than likely leads at this point. Obviously, there's a very long way to go, uh, about a year and a half until he uh, uh, writes his name at the on the letter of intent uh, to go to wherever he goes and obviously recruit uh, the prospect board. The target board will change more than likely. But I, I think it, it's safe to say, Seth, that Michigan is in a very good spot with Jalen Todd uh, early on. Anytime you talk about a guy like Todd, you know, you talk about his kind of his Michigan background in terms of being a fan growing up and and just in this last interview um, with 24-7 sports coming into the, the visit last Saturday, he was talking about how, you know, big of a fan his his dad was as, as well. You know, I'm sure they watched watched and gone to plenty of games um, growing up. So, yeah, I, I could I agree just that excitement with him, uh, you know, just in terms of you know, first of all, getting the Michigan offer and just continue to, to stay in contact with the coaching staff. It's Steve Klinkscale um, is, is, an, is an encouraging side for Michigan and this recruitment. Like I said, he doesn't have a lot of a lot of big offers uh, so far. So this is one where if Michigan, you know, wants this and continues to stay on him and, and likes him as a prospect, then uh, it's something they'll, you know, they'll have a really good chance to to land him if they want to. I think you make a good point about the about the defensive back and, and the secondary with uh, obviously, you know, we, we saw the the depth on display uh, from the defensive backfield on on Saturday against Colorado State, um, kind of telling, you know, where Michigan's at right now and and that they could afford to maybe uh, look at that area a little less in the 23 class. But for the 24 class now, I think that'll be more of a point of emphasis moving forward. And like I said, kind of we'll hit the ground running and looking some looking at some of these uh, corners. And, you know, when you're talking about in-state guys, that's a, that's a good place to start uh, as far as that goes. Yeah. I mean, you look at the offer sheet that, uh, or I guess the amount of kids that Michigan has offered in the 24 class, uh, the amount of defensive backs that they've offered is, is uh, kind of telling they've offered 24 cornerbacks, 13 safeties, and they've offered 23 players that are listed as an athlete. So I would imagine that there are several in that category that are going to play defensive back at the next level too. Uh, obviously, they've offered a lot of defensive linemen as well, but uh, I, I really do think that they're going to hit the ground running with a defensive backs in this class, whether it be cornerback or safety. Uh, and they've got two really good options here with Odin and with Todd, I think they're in a good spot with both of them. And I don't think they're going to make a decision anytime soon, but I do think that they have laid the foundation for what could be uh, a very good recruiting process here for both these guys. And uh, we'll certainly see what happens with both of them and where they end up uh, much later in their recruitment, but to get them both on campus this past weekend, obviously good news. Um, so let, we'll, uh, let, let's just get this uh, plug in real quick here and, and we'll move on to uh, we're going to go back to the 23 class and uh, talk about an offensive lineman that Michigan is really uh, hitting hard on the recruiting trail, to say the least. But I want to give a quick moment here to talk about Amazing Brew podcast sponsor, and that is Manscaped. And they are the best at men's below the waist grooming and their products are precision engineered tools 
to protect the family jewels. The latest in men's grooming with Manscaped uh, that I personally own is the Performance Package 4.0, and it is a complete game changer with the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. It's waterproof. It's got the patented skin-safe technology. It's got literally everything you would need uh, in a razor, in a trimmer. It, it is just incredible. It also comes with the Weed Whacker ear nose trimmer um, and a travel bag to carry all this stuff. And they're going to also give you, you also get a free pair of boxers uh, if you're in the, uh, <clears throat> in the department of needing some of those. And uh, it, there's so much other stuff that comes with it. You got to go over to manscaped.com to see all of it. Use the promo code MNB20 to get 20% off your order. Use that at checkout. Again, manscaped.com, promo code MNB20. Now let's talk about the last prospect here uh, for this uh, edition of uh, Future Brew Podcast. And uh, the offensive line has been kind of a struggle for Michigan in this 23 class. And I I think that's kind of putting it lightly. Um, I don't know if you agree with me on that or not, Seth, but they've whiffed on uh, quite a few of their initial top targets. But uh, they are circling around to other players at uh, whether it be tackle or guard. Uh, they've got uh, two offensive linemen committed. They've got one interior guy, one uh, exterior guy. And this player is uh, probably going to be a guard at the next level. And his name's Nick Fatigue. He's a three star player. He's from uh, the state of Texas. He's 6'4, 275. He is 468 on the composite, but 24-7's personal rankings have him as a four-star and the 16th overall interior offensive line prospect. So the only issue is that he's been committed to Texas Tech since July 1st, and he seems pretty, pretty firm with his commitment here, but Michigan did extend the offer to Nick Fatigue on July 22nd, so it's just a few weeks after he declared uh, and, and committed to the Red Raiders of Texas Tech. Um, and, and for good reason why Sharon Moore wanted to uh, begin recruiting him. I don't know if it took just a hot minute for them to circle around to him, but this guy is, uh, needless to say, an athletic freak. He was named number 20 in 24-7 Sports's college football recruiting freaks list. This is kind of like a recruiting freak edition of uh, what Bruce Feldman does with current college players. Mozzie Smith was number one on that list in the offseason, if you recall. So Nick Fatigue was number 20, and uh, he is an Olympic weightlifting national champion. Uh, This is according to this uh, uh, top 50 list here. So he discovered the sport of weightlifting as he made the transition from middle school to high school in Texas. And uh, he, he grew up Uh, not far away from a weightlifting coach who has done wonders with uh, his development, evidently. Uh, But he runs a laser-timed 4.81 40-yard dash, has a 114-inch broad jump, and a 4.6 short shuttle time at 6'4 and 280 pounds. So uh, wherever you put him on the offensive line, this dude is going to be uh, an athlete. He is just an athletic freak, hence why he made that top 50 list uh, on 24-7 sports. So Michigan is heavily recruiting him, and uh, they're hoping to set up an official visit at some point. And the uh, most recent uh, story from our friend EJ Holland over at the Wolverine on the On3 network uh, seems pretty encouraging, to say the least. 
So I, I won't go into full details with this because this is behind a paywall and I want to uh, kind of let you guys go over and read for it yourself. But uh, after the Michigan-Colorado State game, Nick Fatigue personally reached out to Sharon Moore to congratulate him uh, and the team on winning, which it, to me, to have a, a, a player already committed somewhere else reach out to a different school uh, to congratulate them on the season opening win. Uh, kind of, you can kind of read the tea leaves here. He's he's definitely wavering this commitment just a little bit. And if he ends up getting up to Ann Arbor on an official visit, I think it's pretty much game set and match at that point. I I don't really see him holding on to that Texas Tech uh, verbal commitment that he made in July, and it really just seems like a when, uh, not if. Uh, situation like when is this uh, flip going to happen so uh, in my opinion Seth I think this is uh, a very possible Michigan needs an interior offensive guard uh, here in this class still they've got Amir Herring the four-star in-state player but it seems like he's destined to play the center position so uh, Michigan is certainly pushing for Nick Fatigue to be the guard of this class whether it be left guard right guard to me it doesn't really matter where you put him because uh, he's going to be a beast wherever he ends up lining up at the next level. So, um, you know, without giving too much away of this uh, EJ Holland article, um, what were your takeaways from this? What are your feelings about uh, Michigan's chances of getting Nick Fatigue to uh, not only just officially visit at some point, but to uh, give a commitment? And uh, just how are you feeling overall in this uh, recruitment as of right now, Seth? I think your point about the offensive line class being a being a struggle in this particular um you know in the, in the 2023 class is something i would definitely have to agree with that was the first point i was going to kind of going to make uh, leading into this uh so anytime you can you can go out and and potent, have the potential to flip a you know flip a commit like um like fatigue and and you talked about his athletic accolades and and what he would bring to the table if he were to you know what he's going to bring to the table to Texas Tech and if he were to to flip to Michigan what he would bring to them um obviously a long list of impressive accolades that he has so and, and a guy you can kind of you know anticipated to play the interior line but he's so athletic that he you might be able to move around move him around to different places as well so so yeah I think it's it's definitely encouraging um it, it's you know without giving like I said without giving too much away from that that article it sounds like their the relationship hasn't gone full in depth in terms of you know the uh, the personal aspect has been a lot of football talk from what I understand, but I, I feel like that'll change if, if obviously they're able to, to get a visit out of them. And, and if he can come to Ann Arbor for an official, that's going to be the telltale sign of, of where this thing goes. I think right now it's kind of, like I said, it's kind of more of a, uh, you know, Hey, you know, kind of inquiring, checking in, building that relationship from a football standpoint. And then, you know, if they're able to get him on campus, then you're going to see that, uh, that personal relationship, I think, start to expand. And then from there, I think Michigan would put themselves in a really good spot with fatigue, some recruitment. Yeah, totally. That's, that's for sure. I mean, the first step obviously is to get him on campus, uh, have him get the feel for the city, for the university. Um, you know, really see everything up close. It's a super important thing um, to have in a recruitment, which, uh, you know, it, it makes me think of uh, uh, Yusuf Kayat, the basketball uh, incoming true freshman. He committed to Michigan just blindly and uh, never saw Ann Arbor up close. 
uh, until he just got to Ann Arbor, you know, just a few weeks ago or however long it's been at this point. It's just really interesting to see that kind of recruitment unfold, obviously different situation because he is, uh, he was an overseas prospect, but um, with this recruitment, it's obviously going to be get him on campus, sit him down and, and kind of detail the plan for him. If he were to come to Michigan, which would again, probably be either a left guard or a right guard, work your way into the rotation. And much like most of these Michigan offensive linemen have been since, uh, you know, probably the last half decade or so is, you know, have a redshirt year and then come into your redshirt freshman season, get some more playing time, and then eventually carve out a role for yourself as a starter. Uh, there hasn't been too many true freshmen starting offensive linemen for Michigan since Harbaugh has been in town. There's been, there's been a few, but few and far between. I think the depth at the position right now is in such a good spot that you don't need a guy like Nick Fatigue to come in and be a starter right away. Cause you've got so many other guys along the depth chart that are already waiting their turn. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this is going to kind of come down to if, if he locks in a visit, which I would probably anticipate happening at some point in the near future, um, it, then it's more than likely a goodbye at that point. Um, that's just my personal thoughts. I I don't know if that's exactly what's going to happen, but I, I think a, a, an already committed prospect visiting somewhere else and reaching out to the assistant coach that is primarily recruiting you uh, to congratulate them on a, a win. I'm sure he did the same thing with Texas Tech, but to publicly state that uh, to EJ, I, I thought was just really interesting, Seth. So um, any other final thoughts from you on this recruitment, where things stand, or just any reaction to anything I just said? I mean, I think you just made the point earlier just about the the season in general, that there's a lot of, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for him to, you know, for him and other prospects to, to get to campus. So, um, you know, when you talk about an eight game home schedule, that's, I think it gets a lot of flack from, from the outsiders, but that's more, you know, that's more opportunities for Michigan to to get guys like, like him in and, and to see a game during the fall. So, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I think we will be looking for, forward to that and obviously looking forward to, to John's list coming out for this weekend's list of visitors. And, um, you know, I'll, I'm going to go to that Hawaii game myself. We'll see what the spread gets to by the time that, that game comes around this Saturday. But uh, so that'll, that'll be a fun one to to watch as well. It's it's at 50 points and growing within uh, – it'll probably grow by the time uh, the game actually kicks off. It is a crazy point spread, man. But hope you have fun at the game. Uh, I will not be at this game. Hoping to get to – uh, I'll definitely be at the Michigan State game, hoping to get to the Maryland one as well. But um, it, there's going to be so many prospects, like you said. So be, be on the lookout for John's article on Friday for the recruiting visitors list. There's a, a, a ton of really good prospects. Jaden Davis, who we talked about last week on the podcast, scheduling that visit. So he'll be in town watching J.J. McCarthy uh, play his first collegiate start at the University of Michigan. It's going to be kind of an exciting game to watch just because of that um I, I can't really think of many other <laughs> we'll, we'll wait until the game starts but uh man it's it's you know with the 50 point spread as of right now it's uh probably not going to be a barn burner by any means but who knows we'll see uh but in the meantime that's all the time we got for now you can follow me on twitter at vaughn underscore lozon seth where can you be found on twitter barry underscore seth 14 and follow me as a brew 
on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the good stuff. You know where to find us. Just type in Maze and Brew. Uh, also, our YouTube page. We uh, posted every pass that Cade made on uh, a Saturday against Colorado State and every play that JJ had because he really didn't have a whole lot. Uh, so go check those out. Kind of evaluate for yourself who you think had the better game. It was JJ. Uh, <laughs> but go ahead and check those out anyways. And uh, like and subscribe to our podcast, five-star reviews, all that good stuff. We would most certainly appreciate all that as well. For my co-host, Seth Barry, I am Vaughn Lozon. We will get back to you guys next week with another edition of Future Brew.